0: and welcome to hollywood scandals of yesteryear i'm your host gabriel russo and we are going on an audio journey back to the silent era of hollywood but it's only for 15 or 20 minutes so don't worry this time on hollywood scandals of yesteryear it's leah de right after this but first there's a world of wonderful entertainment awaiting you every weekday in the daytime with CBS Radio's roster of wonderful dramatic serials. This Monday, listen in. And now, for the second act of Gunsmoke. Not quite, sir. It's Hollywood Scandals of Yesteryear. And we're back. And I am still your host, Gabriel Russo. And this week's show featuring Leah DePuti. Leah DePuti. From a suggestion from a listener, I got a message. Oh, several, several weeks ago from a listener named Joseph who suggested that I do uh, Miss Leah DePuti, and I told him that I would get to it as quickly as I could, and so here I am. Thank you for the suggestion, and if anybody else has any suggestions on who I should do, that would be great. Now that I've kind of transitioned a little bit out of the scandalous, because there, frankly there isn't that much to find, I've just kind of got a list of actors of the silent era, and I just kind of almost throw a dart, you know, and see how interesting their story is. So anyway, this week, it's Leah Deputi. She's a Hungarian actress, born January 10th, 1897, and died November 27th, 1931. The first thing that struck me looking at her was that she looks very much, um, she's got a very Colleen Moore look. The other lady who's actually probably more famous than Colleen Moore, I just happened to be able to pull her name. The one with the short hair, Louise Brooks is who I'm trying to think of. Anyway, that's the first thing that struck me. She's, her look is very reminiscent, at least in the first picture that I saw on Wikipedia. It, this one, she looks like she had some range. Just in the photos, she didn't live to be that old, but... In one of the photos that I saw, she is playing an older woman, definitely. Anyway, she is known, she was known, is known, I suppose, mostly for her vamp characters, much like Theta Barra. And uh, who else do we do on this show previously? We've done a couple of vamp characters characters. Paula Negri, we haven't done her, but I believe she was also kind of known for the that type of character. Like I said, she was Hungarian. She was born in Austria-Hungary. You forget that this is during, you know, or before World War I time, so Austria-Hungary was still a, a thing. Today, that would be Slovakia. She's one of four children of a cavalry officer and his wife, Gyula Putti and Maria Holios she's hungarian i would imagine that she probably now she acted in silent films, so we don't know but i think that uh she would have sounded maybe like um jaja and eva gabor sort of like like this yes hello hello darling this was an interesting fact i thought that she started on the hungarian vaudeville circuit which you know I just had never, that that thought never even crossed my mind. Not that Hungarian, but that there were um, the European vaudeville circuit. Of course that's a thing. I know that Music Hall in England was very popular, and that was sort of reminiscent of vaudeville. From what I understand, it was very similar. But I thought that was interesting that, I, you know, oh, the Hungarian vaudeville circuit. You forget that, oh, it's a big world out there. And, uh, yeah, why wouldn't they have their own vaudeville? Like, we're so special. So. She moves to Berlin, where um, she is a ballerina. She's a ballet dancer. She makes her screen debut in 1918. She appears over the course of her career. She appears in in films in the United States, in Germany, and in Britain. Kind of three biggies of the foreign or of uh, silent film. Obviously, France not in there. They were a biggie also. So apparently, her father was not only a cavalry officer, but he was a baron, and his, and her mother was a countess. So I guess does that make does that make you a countess also? Maybe she was Countess Leah de unless she, she abdicated her title, to go into film. German film director Joe May notices her. Now I don't know anything about the uh, foreign silent films. I know a very little bit about the the British. Some would say I I know very little about the United States uh, silent films. But hey, who's doing this podcast? But anyway, she does I know some of the names. Um I don't know Joe May, but he uh is apparently an important film director in Germany. In nineteen nineteen she stars in The Mistress of the World for Mr May. She that's a that's a successful film. They call it Important. Now she's in Variety in nineteen twenty five. Now that's skipping that's six years in the future. Anyhow, she's in she does a couple of important films in the, in the early Or the late teens, rather. Like I say, this Joe May was one of the pioneers of German cinema. He was a director and film producer, born in Austria. Joseph Otto Mandel was his real name. So he studies in, uh, he does a bunch of odd jobs, begins his career as a stage director, doing operettas in Hamburg, Germany. So he gets married in 1902 and takes his wife's stage name, May. She was Mia May, and now he becomes. Joseph May or Joe May, so he directs some uh, some Sherlock Holmes types film type of films, kind of modeled on Sherlock Holmes and becomes famous through that uh, when the first world War breaks out, he goes to Vienna he's pressed into military service That actually sounds like the uh, the, the story of uh, what is it Captain von Trapp in the sound of music um, I know it's a different war and all, but pressed into service by the military, you know. Adolf When he comes back from the war in 1915, he, um, he forms his own production company and produces a series of successful crime films. Uh, May gives Fritz Lang, in 1917, he gives director Fritz Lang one of his earliest breaks in film writing. Or in the film industry, rather, as a screenwriter on "Wedding in the Eccentric Club," uh, Lang also worked on many other films. Now, Fritz Lang was the director of, well, people say one of the finest films of all time, silent films of all time. Definitely one of the earliest sci-fi films. So, anyway, back to uh, Leah Deputi. She gets her break from this uh, Joe May. She works with uh, over the course of her time. She works with, uh, well, for a German production company called UFA she stars with uh, in films with Conrad veet also several, several other people that uh, I haven't that I don't know Lil Dagover Greet Mosheim Werner, Werner Krauss also works with FW Murnau, who we did a show on the Halloween episode of last year uh, he directed Nosferatu and the aforementioned Fritz Lang so she comes to America in 1926. Now she's in uh, in 1925. I mentioned before she's in a movie called Variety, or in English, I guess it's Variety. It's about um, a family who runs a seedy carnival. The father insists they take in a beautiful stranger as a dancer, with whom he de- he uh, develops a new trapeze number. That is Leah Deputi. It's the first film that shows. It may be the only film of uh, that shows. A depiction of unicycle hockey. So, <laughs> there's uh, Leah Deputi's claim to fame. She was in a film that had uh, unicycle hockey. So she comes to America in 1926. She tells uh, reporters, she tells reporters that she's 22 because she's a famous actress from you know from overseas. So she's coming to Los Angeles to make her name in American film. So there's reporters around meeting her off the ocean liner, you know. So she tells them that she's 22, but it turns out she's 26. You know, they were lying about their age to be younger even back then. Like I said, she's often cast uh, as the vamp character. And a vamp character is sort of a, well, they're the seductress, or uh, it's the woman who knows, you know, how to get what she wants from a man, if you know what I mean. She has her hair short, like I said, in, uh, compared with uh, Colleen Moore and Louise Brooks. She's got a smoldering, kind of a sexy kind of a look to her. So, so she works with, uh, she stars in D.W. Griffith's The Sorrows of Satan in 1926 when she gets there. D.W. Griffith, he's popping up all over in, uh, in this. He's one of the biggest directors in early Hollywood land. Now this was the movie I was thinking of. I was thinking that it was, uh, this is what happened with Variety. But this is apparently The Sorrows of Satan. Which was released in uh, two versions, one in America and in the other a European version. In the American version, one scene has her fully dressed, and the same scene in the European version, she is topless. Now, that's got to be one of the earliest examples of topless women in a feature film. I'm sure they were making shorts as soon as, you know, as soon as the camera was invented the very next day, it was like, hey, honey, come in here. So. (laughs) Um, so, she was a countess, or her parents rather, were countess, were a countess and a baron, and uh, she was rumored to be engaged to Count Ludwig von Som Hoogstraten, although she denied the engagement. In 1913 she did get married, this was years before she came to America. She married a man named Zoltan Szepesi. He was a magistrate, they divorced five years later, although they did have two daughters. Leona and Judith, so she she has come to Hollywood like you say. She's struggling a little bit. She's making pictures, but she's not. I found several. Uh, I found a couple of different versions where it was you know she was a star, and then one that kind of kind of toned that down and said she had kind of found little success. Obviously, the Wikipedia page says that she found little success. IMDb says that she was kind of mildly successful although that she did fail as a hollywood actress which i don't know that i really agree with the word fail maybe she wasn't as big as some of these others but gosh i mean she made a bunch of movies especially from 1926 on well in hollywood she made 11 movies i would say that's pretty darn successful now, some of these people we've read about or heard about have been in more than 200 pictures or whatever. So, anyhow, she, um, well, she makes those pictures, those 11 pictures in, the th- in three years. So, she's making, that's pretty good. She's from 1926 to 1929. And she had made many pictures in Europe. Looks like maybe 20, 25, something like that. So, that's a pretty good, pretty sizable career. So, anyway, she works in Hollywood for three years. She works with... Uh, Adolphe Manjou, who I've heard that name before. She also worked with Zazu Pitts, who's one of the famous comedians uh, from back then. She was in, um, she was. Uh, I'm gonna say Thelma Todd, and Zazu Pitts were com- comedy, were a comedy team. I, I want to say. Hope that's right. And Adolphe Manjou, yeah, he um, he was in a ton of movies and is super famous. So we're not going to get into that. That's t- that's too much. But he was a big famous actor, and was Zazu Pitts. Even though she was working with good people and with good director, with uh, D.W. Griffith, she failed to make it super big. And so in 1929, she goes back. She goes back to um, stage work and trying to work on Broadway. She her accent was super thick, and they're just turning into um, just turning to talkies, and she knew she wasn't going to make it once that happened. So, she goes to England, and she makes some silent movies there, and studies English. Um, then she returns to America again, for a second time, to attempt what the plan was, to work and uh, in talkies, as they were called then. This is where it gets kind of sad, not even kind of sad, this is where it gets tragic and sad. She uh, returns to America, and she is hospitalized to have a chicken bone removed from her throat So, I don't know that that's an accurate, you know, because who eats, who just chows down so much, you're eating the chicken bone. So, uh, maybe she, well, even, even uh, they both, both of my sources on here. Actually, all three, which I should thank, again, I usually do. Um, I get most of my information from Wikipedia. Like I said, I'm not writing a thesis here, so I figure I can get away with using Wikipedia. Um I also use IMDB and I use the Silences Platinum blog, which is a very it's a wonderful site. And uh there's some great pictures and great write ups. So yeah, all of these sources say that she's hospitalized to have a chicken bone removed from her throat. So she maybe she maybe she was you know, maybe it splintered or something and got stuck in her throat or she was surprised. Or she started choking on it, I don't know. Anyhow, she gets an infection as a result, so it must have cut her throat or, or, you know, damaged it in some way. Uh, She's taken to Harbor Sanitarium on Madison Avenue in New York City, where she reportedly behaves irrationally and eludes the nurses. Eventually, they find her. She's in a corridor. They put her back in her room. She develops pleurisy in her right side, also known as pleuritis. It's an inflammation of the membranes rounding around the lungs and that line the chest cavity. It gives sharp pain when breathing. It's a viral infection, basically. Hippocrates dis- made descriptions of, of pleurisy as early as 400 B.C. Very cool. That's the Hippocratic Oath, dude. <laughs> wow. So she develops pleurisy in her right side and then followed shortly thereafter by pneumonia in both lungs. So she dies November 27th, 1931, in New York City of low-bar pneumonia. Um, Her real name was Amalia, Leah, Amalia, probably is how they pronounced it, Amalia. That makes more sense. So her comeback on Broadway also fizzled. It just didn't go well from, I, I think that she would have been better suited just staying in Europe and being a big European star, you know? You can still be a big star and, and have an incredible life and just not even come here. There's not a whole lot on her that couldn't find too much. So being the fact that she wasn't a big star, you know, she definitely had a look. I think she had to work on looking like Colleen Moore or um, or the other one. I think she had to work on that because her hair looks a little wild in some of the other photos. But I mean, you know. She had 36 credits to her name as an actress. That's not so bad. She was age 34 when she passed away. She had 800 pounds in her, uh, well, the UK equivalent at the time of 800 pounds. I don't know why it would be listed in pounds, because she died in New York City. Uh, Four years earlier, 800 pounds would have been her weekly wage. Although it never did say that she was under contract with anyone or anything like that. She had a few bits of jewelry also. In 1995, a band called Jessamine put out an album, in which uh, Leah Deputi appears on the cover. I never heard of Jessamine, and it is the picture. If you look it up, it's a picture of her wearing a white kind of one-piece bathing suit type thing with a black skull on it. Looks like a very modern picture. And as a matter of fact, the Silence's platinum blog lady uh, author Jessica Keaton looks like. So shout out to you. Writes in her write up, she says, you know that that's a very modern looking shirt, and she looks like a badass in it. In the film Cabaret, very famous film from 1972, the character played by Liza Minnelli, Sally Bowles, tells her friend. I guess it's set in the uh, it's set in that time in the 20s. She tells her friend that Leah DePuty is her favorite screen siren. Well, thank you, darling. Thank you, darling. In a subsequent scene, Bowles dismisses Deputy, So I guess she runs hot and cold on who her favorite actress is. She dismisses her, claiming that she makes too many faces. So that must have been a slight, that must have been a thing about her at the time. And so, yeah, uh, Leah Deputi. She comes to America. She almost makes it big. She definitely gets some work and some breaks and works with some of the best, some of the big names. I think maybe she came here too late, possibly. She was already a mother of two. Already at the, uh, you know, ripe old age of 26. <laughs> and so I think that's going to do it for uh, Leah DePuti. She well, she had kind of a sad run. Yeah, choked on a chicken bone. Had to be, had to have it removed and contracted a, an infection, which turned into pleurisy, which turned into pneumonia in both lungs. And in 1931, that was that. So she's interred at Ferncliff Cemetery in Hartsdale, New York. This episode was a little more Wikipedia centric than I like to have them. Uh, You know, I like to go a little more uh, both. You know, a little bit from this one, a little bit from that one. But there was really very little on IMDb, and it seemed like most of the Silence's Platinum blog came from the the same information here as on the uh, Wikipedia. So, like I said, there wasn't too much about her. A bit of an unknown, a bit of an unknown quantity in, uh, well, certainly for me. But we did learn about the Hungarian vaudeville and about the uh, the, uh, the European vaudeville and stage, uh, you know, shows, I guess, a little bit in general. So, thank you once again. Oh, here I did find a uh, an article. I, I say article. It's only, it's a one paragraph. This is her obituary in the uh The National Library of Australia. From Saturday, the 28th of November, 1931. Byline, New York. November 26th. Leah DePuti, the Hungarian screen actress, who had a prominent part in the Emil Jennings picture variety, died this morning. She recently underwent a throat operation for an infection caused by the removal of a chicken bone. She was unconscious for two days. My goodness. Wow. And so, thank you very much, uh, Joseph, Joe, if I can call you Joe. Uh, Thank you so much for the suggestion. Um, Thank you for all your emails and texts and whatnot. Thank you for listening, everybody out there. Thank you so much for listening. Please go to iTunes and leave a review or go to one of my favorite groups on Facebook. Uh, It's called Podcasts We Listen To, Podcasts We Love. See, I say it's one of my favorites, and I can't remember the name of it. But that's that's how I roll. So You can check me out on Twitter, at GRusso1971. Uh, mostly I just tweet about when there's a new show coming or political stuff. And I'm typically tweeting nasty things to the administration. So if you're not going to enjoy that, I would stay away from my Twitter. <laughs> If you want to see some artwork, you can go to Facebook.com slash Gabe Russo Arts. Check out the Hollywood Scandals of Yesteryear podcast page on Facebook and be a become a, a member or a follower or what have you. Thank you so much for listening. I know it's been a while. I got, you know, my job is crazy. Everybody's job is crazy. I make the same excuse every episode. Sometimes it just takes longer. Come back next time when we will check out another silent era movie star and learn all about him in about 15 or 20 minutes. Bye.